Hey everybody, thanks for stopping by. I'm Eric Johnson and this is the Burley Flow Podcast. Every week I post a story from up here in Burley Flow, Wisconsin, a little town on the banks of the Mississippi River in the southwest corner of the state. If you like small towns, or cheese curds, or fishing, or maybe you're just curious about life in the upper Midwest, well, this might be the podcast for you. So go ahead and subscribe now while you're thinking of it, and after it's over, feel free to poke around the website at burleyflow.com. You'll find a bunch more content, excerpts from my book, and information about even more content over on my Patreon page. Oh, and before I forget, thanks again for being here. The other day I was in Walmart because some shopping lists just take you there, and I was exhausted. Not by the things I'd accomplished that day, or even by the things that had kicked my butt, but by Walmart itself. Well, I'm not one of those elitists who'll turn up his nose at Walmart and then make a point of telling you about it. And yes, I realize that's what I'm doing here, and no, it's not the same. I would rather be just about any place else on the face of the earth, but there. Honestly, though, it's really more about my personal hang-ups than it is about the so-called people of Walmart or the emergence of the self-checkout lanes. You really don't want me to get started on those. Or even any moral reservations about the impact on the workforce or local businesses. I think Amazon's kind of courted the market on that one anyway. No, it's about the fact that I never feel more like my father than when I'm at Walmart. You hear a lot about the parental relationship in terms of women and their mothers, and if you make the mistake of telling the woman in your life that she's behaving like her mother, you're really going to hear about it. But many men are just as sensitive about becoming their fathers. I think my attitude about Walmart is a pretty good example of that, not to mention a fairly accurate measure of my progression toward that unintended destination. There was a time not that long ago when I enjoyed a good Walmart. The bigger, the better. But increasingly, I find myself missing the old, manageable Walmarts. Remember those? And resenting the fact that they haven't created some kind of express Walmart within Walmart proper. A kind of convenience store where guys like me can go and get the stuff we need and leave the rest of the store to the truly committed. Have you ever looked for replacement filters for one of those British-style water pitchers? If that's something you use, you know where to look. But until I found myself back in Burley Flow, living in the eye, I'd never considered the need for a water filter. See, I don't actually drink water, but I do use water. I drink coffee, and occasionally I'll put ice in my whiskey. And the sound those pipes make gives me pause. So I went to Walmart, parked about a mile out and all that, then got inside and realized these filters could be anywhere in housewares with the kitchen stuff, in groceries with a bottled water, in health and beauty because everybody's going on and on about the benefits of drinking water. Fun fact, they're back in plumbing next to the shower heads, or at least they were in my Walmart. That's just the example that comes to mind, but every Walmart list has at least one thing that's like that. 
one thing that requires 10,000 steps to find. And while most guys these days would at least get the perverse satisfaction of seeing those 10,000 steps tallied on their smartwatches so they could apply them towards some arbitrary fitness goal, I wore an automatic watch so rudimentary that it's wound by my physical movement. So the only satisfaction I get on that score is the knowledge that I've got about 40 hours to rest before the maximum power reserve is used up. And after Walmart, I usually need all of it. Walmart isn't the only place I find myself becoming my father. Unexpected reflections can be particularly brutal, but it's the one that's the most comical. Some of the others haven't been as easy to laugh at. When it comes to holiday hang-ups, most people wrap them up and save them for Christmas, don't they? And believe me, I've got plenty of presents to put under that tree. But for me, it's really more about the 4th of July. I know. Unless you're really into the various protest movements, the 4th of July is about as benign a holiday as we've got. It's pretty much everything Memorial Day has become, but without the guilt that maybe you're not showing enough reverence. But for me, the 4th of July is just a reminder of how difficult growing up in my family could be. And keep in mind, it was just the three of us. Mostly it's the fireworks. My dad didn't like them. He didn't like the kind you shot off yourself because he was a big believer in keeping your eyes and your thumbs. And he didn't like the kind professional shot off because there were crowds and it was hot. And anyway, the Boston Pops was on TV and they always played the 1812 Overture during their firework display, which you weren't going to get at any of the parks around us. The Capitol Fourth was also on TV and they also played the 1812 Overture during their fireworks but he didn't like the way it pandered to whatever celebrities happened to be the flavor of the month. That, and he always thought conductor Eric Kunzel's red blazer was a little much. Mom, on the other hand, loved Eric Kunzel and his red blazer, and while she didn't know who the flavor of the month performers were either, she knew she was supposed to, and therefore she was even more excited to see them. Which brings us to the real root of the 4th of July issues. For Mom... The 4th of July was one of those evaluation days where she measured herself against the rest of the world and found herself lacking. Now, social media forces most of us to do that on an hourly basis. But back then, for mom, it was days like the 4th of July when it was blatantly obvious that everyone else was doing things and having fun and being part of the crowd instead of shunning it and Dad's insistence on being an armchair participant only proved it, whatever Fourth of July spectacular we ended up watching. Like always, I was caught in the middle. On one hand, I understood Dad's desire to take the easy route, because when it came right down to it, we didn't have fun like everybody else anyway, so why bother? We weren't going to sit on our picnic blankets and sing along that this land is your land any more than we were going to stand up and march in place during that second run at Stars and Stripes Forever. But on the other hand, I couldn't understand his unwillingness to put that aside and give Mom what she wanted, which was only to be like everybody else once in a while. Could that really be so hard? Now that I'm an adult, I realize that the complexity of the life we were living, simple as it may have seemed, meant that absolutely nothing was easy. And that was exhausting. Go to the fireworks, and Dad was a martyr, which made Mom resentful, 
Nobody had any fun, and everybody missed the 1812 overture. Don't go to the fireworks, and Mom was a martyr, which maybe made Dad acquiesce to the Capitol Fourth, but then he'd ruin it with snide commentary about showmanship as a stand-in for talent, and nobody had any fun, and everybody was pretty much over it by the time Tchaikovsky's cannons went off. Once we compromised by sitting in a church parking lot on a hill across the river from where a neighboring suburb's fireworks were supposed to go off, which might have actually worked had we known about the warehouse explosion that forced them to cancel. We got that little bit of information from the cop who pulled up to investigate why there was a car sitting in the empty church parking lot, which, you know, was fun. So by the time I grew up and was ready to celebrate the 4th of July on my own, I was happy to ignore it. And because I was just me, I wasn't complicating anything by doing it. I just watched old James Bond movies on cable and tried to ignore the booms. I wouldn't always be just me, though. And while I tried to leave my hang-ups at the door, the front stoop was already pretty crowded with the other stuff I brought with me. I'll spare you the details and borrow instead from Tolstoy, since as an English major it's my right to pull famous quotes from books I haven't read either. Everyone's Fourth of July is happy in the same way. Each of my Fourth of Julys is unhappy in its own way. The only good one happened in spite of itself. It was during that awkward period when the marriage was over, but I hadn't moved out of the house yet. The girls were on their own, Abby was throwing herself at every social event that would keep her busy, and I was home nursing Scott, our high school senior, who was recovering from having his wisdom teeth pulled. He didn't really need nursing, but it's always nice to have someone around when you're hurting, even if he could pretty much only mumble. On a whim, we each took a bowl of ice cream to the front porch, and when it got dark, there they were, the county's fireworks in the distance frame between the house on the corner and the trees on the other side of the road. It was low-key, chill, as Scott would say, spontaneous and perfect. No bond, no orchestra, just a father and a son and a few scoops of Blue Bunny's best. I'm reminded of all this because I ended up down at the river this 4th of July, more out of curiosity than for the fireworks. Since the 4th of July with Scott, I've gotten pretty good at making it just another day, which I've come to realize I only thought I was doing with my bond marathons. Time doesn't necessarily heal all wounds, but the distance sometimes survives perspective. Or maybe we just get lazy. Anyway, the 4th of July is just another slightly noisier day now, but I've got to say I found myself intrigued by the news that for the first time ever, the local radio station was teaming up with the village of Burley Flow to set its fireworks to music. Everywhere you looked, there were flyers that said as much, and when that same flyer ended up on the front page of the Don't Miss It, I knew I couldn't, you know, miss it. So once it started to get dark, I hauled my sling chair down to the park, bought a beer from the American Legion tent, and staked out a spot to watch and listen, to history being made. It really wasn't all that hard now that it didn't matter. And when the music began and the fireworks started to spill down from the heavens, twinkling on the water like so many fireflies, 
I couldn't help but notice that no one on the picnic blankets around me was singing along to this land is your land, and no one was marching in place to the stars and stripes forever. They were, however, enthusiastically raising their beers to red solo cup and hollering up a storm for she thinks my tractor sexy, which, I guess if you think about it, is kind of the same thing. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks again for stopping by, and when you get a chance, don't forget to check out the website at burlyflow.com. There's some cool stuff there that I think you'll like. Thanks again. We'll catch you later. <laughs>